Hey, how's it going, folks? It's Abdullah. And Bean. And welcome back for another episode of Great Moments in Weed History. This episode's a little different than our usual fare. Bean and I are going to be talking about our own experience being judges for the Emerald Cup. Isn't that right, Bean? Oh, man. The cannabis event of the year. All of the best weed, hash, edibles, topicals, pre-rolls unrolls i don't even know what that is i just made it up if you can get weed into your human body there is a category in the emerald cup to determine what is the best cannabis vehicle in all of california and yes it was a high honor to be a judge this year bean and i have had the fortune of judging a bunch of cannabis competitions you know the cannabis cup of course And we've been involved with the Emerald Cup for a few years. We performed there live. We've judged. We've been to the events. And we wanted to tell you a little bit about what that's actually like. Not a lot of people out there get to judge a cannabis competition. We were in two very different categories. So, yeah, we just want to run through it, tell you how it's done, what happens, what's the whole process, and how you actually end up judging all those different types of cannabis in one sitting or a series of sittings. Definitely a series of sittings, a few laydowns for me because I was an <laughs> edibles judge and those will uh, knock you out. And just, you know, to all of our listeners, we really, really try not to flex too hard on this <laughs> podcast. We know that you might be smoking some pipe resin right now. But the reason we think it's really relevant is you really should be judging all of the weed in your life and not to be overly judgmental. You know, I still personally, after 20 years in this game as a weed pro, feel grateful every time I have anything to smoke. But Mm -hmm. if you're spending your hard-earned money or, you know, you inherited a bunch of money from your parents or you robbed a bank yesterday or whatever, if you're still hard-earned, robbing a bank, not the easiest crime. (laughs) No. Wow. Yeah. A lot of planning. Uh, (laughs) Wherever you're getting that money, if you're spending it on weed, you want to get the best weed that's available to you for your money, the best topicals, the best edibles, the best whatever. So we're going to talk about the process of evaluating cannabis. And yeah, for a prestigious contest like the Emerald Cup, it can be overwhelming and there's so many choices. But for you, Every single time you go to acquire cannabis, you should really look at its pros, its cons, what you love about it, what could be better, and you will be bringing better cannabis into your life. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot more variety now in strains and in ways to consume in different types of hash. So it pays to know that stuff. And even if you don't have access to all of the things we're talking about where you are, We want you to know about them, so if you take that trip to California or Washington or Nevada or whatever, you're going to go in informed, you're going to step in that dispensary and be able to select something that's best for you. Not too long ago, the choices for both of us in terms of weed was very simple. Dealer would show up, you could take it or you could leave it. We always took it. Uh, But now, you know, even if you live in a prohibition state, I, you know, you probably have many, many different varieties to choose from. They're probably all from California anyway. So going to be a lot of news you can use in this episode. Yes, definitely. But before we get into it, 
We just want to give a big, big thank you to our sponsor for this episode, MJ Delivery, spelled E-M-J-A-Y, phonetically, MJ. These guys are a fantastic delivery service. I had the pleasure of ordering a little pack for myself just the other day, and Nathaniel, my Johnny-on-the-spot delivery guy, truly, was there a few minutes earlier than estimated. He had my product. And I gotta say, their prices were really, really good. And it's just really heartening that we live in a time and in a place where there's passionate people whose only mission is to deliver you quality cannabis no matter where you live within the delivery zone. Uh, And if you live right outside the delivery zone, Make a friend inside the delivery zone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's going to start showing up in those real estate listings very close to Whole Foods within the MJ delivery zone. Uh, yeah. And definitely you can order from MJ many of the winning products from the Emerald Cup. So you can throw a little Emerald Cup for you and your friends at home. And the best thing is stay tuned after our wonderful theme song and you will get hear about a promo code you can use to get a really, really great discount on your orders from MJ. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much, MJ, for supporting our show, for supporting Cannabis History. And then, of course, as per usual, we want to give a very, very special thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. You truly allow us to make this show the way that we want to make it. And if you do decide to throw us a couple bucks or a buck a month, you'll get all kinds of bonus materials. You might be a Patreon subscriber watching this in video form right now. So if you want to get in on that, if you want to support independent cannabis journalism, please consider it. And if you don't have the money, we totally understand. We'd love for you to keep listening to our show Just help us out by telling a couple of your friends about the show. Send that link to an episode that someone might be interested in and help us get more people high on history. Yep, and that's all at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. Long URL, easy to remember. You found this show somehow. All you have (laughs) to do now is type it in, greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. You can support us for as little as a buck a month. Lots of people do. It really means a lot to us. At the $20 level, you can get a signed copy of my book, How to Smoke Pot Properly, mailed directly to you, all at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. And like my partner said, if you don't have the money right now, really, really, truly telling your friends, expanding this circle, bringing more people in to get high on history with us. That's what we need. As we've said before, we are throttled and stomped and crushed. There's new words. We're not just throttled anymore. Lots of people are throttled, and that sounds pretty harsh. But we're getting stomped. We're getting crushed. We're getting compressed. We're getting blocked on every social media even I try to send emails sometimes, and they get stopped in the middle. They, yeah. get, they get stopped by these digital hawks that will grab Robotic it in their talons. Robotic claws, very sharp, yes. yes. Yeah, that's true. The only way... <laughs> that is true. That is the true. only way for us to break through this blockade is with you, peer-to-peer, telling your friends about this show. All right, so seems like we are just about ready to get started. I've got my Puffco Peak here with my custom 
Hitman glass piece up on top. I forget what you call this piece. I don't know, the bomb, the whatever. It's a <laughs> lot more ornate uh, than my last one, and I'm very, very stoked on it. So this is what I use primarily for my judging of the hydrocarbon hash category. Whatever the best stuff I had was, it's all gone. All my top 10 <laughs> is long gone, but I still have a lot of really good hash. I was going through about 50 jars, so there's still plenty right here. Bean, what are you puffing on? Well, actually, I did the edibles judging for the Emerald Cup, and I decided to switch it up this episode. And actually, in the same boat, my top three have all been eaten and digested and, you know, whatever comes after that. So... I did grab these. This is a very, very cool product. This is uh, gummies from Oasis. These are nice THC gummies, and I thought I'd, I'd double it back with a little CBD from our friends at Tweedle Farms. Use promo code GREATMOMENTS when you're ordering from Tweedle Farms for a excellent discount. And uh, get make my own little one-to-one -one high out of edibles to talk about edibles. But if you're not ready, if you don't have an edible ready, you know, you could hit pause and you could infuse your own can of butter. <laughs> you could make weed cookies with it, allow them to cool on a windowsill until they're the perfect temperature. And then escaped convicts will steal them <laughs> and then eat them under a tree and like have a laugh, you know, after yeah. years in the can. <laughs> yes. Watch out for those weed hobos. Roaming your neighborhood <laughs> with little bindles. You can identify them by their bindles. Yeah, it might be us. We could, we could be the weed hobos, you know? Watch is, out for us. Yeah, you know, M MJ is one excellent way to source your cannabis. Another is roaming the streets, smelling around <laughs> for fresh-baked weed cookies. And, of course, you know, if you did just make a batch of weed cookies and you spot a hobo, share. Mm, you know, don't yes. let them take all your cookies, but don't give them none. Whatever happens, maybe you just want to roll a joint or split a blunt or pack a bong or endabulate a dab. Whatever you're going to do, when you are ready, we'll be ready for another great moment in weed history. Okay, so we are talking about the Emerald Cup. I was there. We roll in, right? Of course, there's signs everywhere that say, please, please, for the love of God, don't smoke weed in here, right? Completely disregarded by everybody. Right? Wait, hold on a second. I, I was unfortunately not able to make the awards show this year. I had a lot of FOMO around it. But what you are telling me is that assembling all the biggest weed heads from the entire state of California and asking them not to smoke weed. They still smoked weed? I just want to make sure, you know, the journalist in me just wants to fact check this seemingly preposterous statement. Yeah, th this seems to happen every time. You know, it reminds me a little bit of the... 40th anniversary of high times. This is frozen in my memory, right? We're in this place in Manhattan, right? And there's just weed and there's weed leaves, there's joints and blunts and just everything everywhere. And there's one 
very, very flustered security guard <laughs> going, please stop smoking weed. Please stop smoking weed. And he is standing in front of the biggest High Times banner I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, dude, these people are not going to stop smoking weed, right? Of course it's going to happen. I think that really it's not the fault of the community. It is the fault of the regulatory system that does not understand that weed is not tobacco. It's not like the same thing where we're like all like, you know, killing waiters and shit with secondhand smoke. It's weed. It's not it's not toxic like that. It fucking cures cancer. It doesn't cause it. So the same rules that apply to cigarette smoking should not apply to cannabis smoking. But of course, we live in an upside down world where that has not been figured out by the people in places of power. So of course, you're not allowed to smoke weed, but they had figured it out. There was a roof, right? Basically, we puffed tough up there for a little while, right? And then started to notice that people are trickling down into the, the theater area. Okay, so now was really when the true chaos was going to begin. Now, first off, I have to shout out the Emerald Cup because they have been dialing this awards show in over the years, right? But there are so many categories. There are so many brands. There are so many stoners who show up to these things that it's really difficult to make this organized. Like, it doesn't look like the Oscars. It's not like you walk here and then you go there. And it's like, it's fucking mayhem, right? But the Emerald Cup did a really good job of keeping it all together. Shout out, of course, Tim Blake. And a special, special shout out to Taylor Blake, who is really, you know, just worked so hard to make that event happen and personally delivers the judging kits to people, you know? Yeah, I got to say, as a veteran behind the scenes of a lot of weed events, including, you know, was still on staff at high times during that uh, pretty legendary anniversary party that you're talking mm -hmm. about this is no easy task under any circumstances and i have uh no envy for the people trying to herd all those stoned cats <laughs> yeah exactly is this how you remember the the high times awards being too uh i've blocked out a lot of memories of <laughs> some, some, were, <laughs> some were lost immediately some never formed Due to uh, oh, 98% uh, THC concentration of my brain. My best mm -hmm. memory from that particularly. Now, that anniversary party, weed was in no way legal in, oh, in, yeah. in New York State during that party. Not even medicinally. Nope. My memory is of that same individual. And, and shout out, friend of the podcast. He wasn't against pot. He was just, just trying, doing to, his job, just yeah. trying to do his job. He was, yeah, I want to say he was just following orders because that, that definitely doesn't put him in a good light. But at one <laughs> point, he kind of rounded a bunch of us up, the staffers of High Times Magazine, and was like, you have to tell people not to smoke pot. And I was like, hmm. I think you profoundly misunderstand our mission. <laughs> and so as the event started, right, we're going across categories. I mean, it's like your alternative cannabinoid hemp derived topical category, right? <laughs> Watching it, I was like, okay, you know how in the Oscars this year, everybody got upset that they cut the, you know, technical awards or whatever. I don't think anyone would be that bummed if we cut some of these highly technical awards from the Emerald Cup. But of course, the really heartening thing about it was there was a lot of diversity in the entries and in the winners. Many women of color, for example, right, who got up there, won first place Emerald Cup awards, and then shouted out women in the industry, women of color in the industry, Latinos in the industry, Asians and Pacific Islanders in the industry, right? 
And that was just so beautiful to me because, you know, that's been a major problem of the cannabis industry has been the homogeneity of proprietors. And that is something that diversity that you're talking about was always a part of the underground of who grew and distributed cannabis before legalization. But I got to say, you know, the early days of the High Times Cannabis Cups, it was not reflected in the winners because a lot of people were still not coming above ground. And so we are seeing that change. And I also, we should stress, you know, these categories are all blind judges. When you get your samples, you don't know who entered them, who made them. So when we see that diversity in the winners, that is because the best cannabis and cannabis products are reflective of diversity. The other thing that makes these events really, really special, and you touched on it, people coming up to receive their awards, getting that recognition from the audience, getting that recognition from their peers. A lot of people who've been in this a long time never ever thought that that was a possibility. You know, to try to really give your all to something, to put so much passion into it, to put so much effort and work and belief into something that not only wasn't getting recognized, but that is actively being suppressed, that you might have gotten arrested for, that you might have had your whole life torn apart over and still wanting to be the best grower in the world, the best concentrate maker in the world, or even if not the best, to do the best that you can and to be able to stand up on a stage, be given a beautiful award, be cheered by your peers, be recognized for your work, and of course, you know, will really help you in the future to get financially recognized for your work is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And when I, when I do look back on my best memories of being part of the old High Times Cups, back when High Times was cool which it is not, <laughs> those were really, really special moments. I can't tell you how many people came off that stage with tears in their eyes, and I'm sure that was happening for lots of lots of people this year at the Emerald Cup. Again, even though this industry is becoming more business-oriented, right, more corporate in some senses, so many of the winners went up and got their award and said, I serve the plant, right? And that was very, very heartening to me as well, because that's what we're all here doing. We all serve the plant, right? We're here because we have a special relationship with this plant. And no matter what, right, that is always at the heart of it. And I think that's the most important thing that has not been forgotten is this really is a family affair. You know what I mean? That There's just so much love in the room. People have bonded over their experience with cannabis. In some case, their trauma surrounding cannabis or their reemergence from the prohibition era into this one, right? That really bonds people. I mean, look, right at the top, right? Tim Blake comes out, you know, gives a little announcement, and then he just gave the warmest and kindest introduction to his daughter. And he said, my daughter, my partner, Taylor Blake. And she came out there and she was like, this is the 10th year that I've been doing this with my dad. And it's like, that was such a beautiful thing to me. You know what I mean? It really is still a family affair, they gave special shout outs to Emerald Cup employees who are just behind the scenes grinding, getting people all that hash. It's so difficult to deliver batches of all these different cannabis products to people all over the state. 
and they do it personally. Taylor pulled up to my house in Glendale and handed me my kit and she was like, enjoy yourself. You know what I mean? So in that, I just like felt so much of that love in the room. Yeah, we live many, many miles apart at this point. Uh, and Taylor also rolled up to my home in an undisclosed <laughs> location with a huge bag of edibles. And I mean... You are always welcome, Taylor, at my house, but you are especially welcome when you are delivering a giant bag of edibles. And I, I think this gets to the real roots of the event, which uh, began in 2003 as a completely underground locals-only competition among outdoor organic growers up in the Emerald Triangle. This is not something that was publicly promoted. It was completely underground. And in fact, the first ever Emerald Cup they pretended it was a birthday party <laughs> so that the local sheriff would not stick his snout under the tent and try to see what was going on. <laughs> this is back when it was at a place called Area 101, which is still up in Mendocino. I was uh, fortunate enough to go to the last iteration of the Emerald Cup that was still at Area 101. There were just a couple of hundred people there. And here's what here's what Tim Blake said about his inspiration to starting the contest. Uh, As a kid, I loved going to the country fairs every fall. All the sights, the sounds, the smells, the friendly competition with the vegetables and fruits and animals. And I just thought we should be doing that with cannabis. Of course, it was still highly illegal, but we just decided to go for it. Yeah, man. And you know, the spirit is still very much there, right? This is totally like a harvest event. But the thing that we harvest is cannabis, right? It's a major, major crop in California. So to bring that vibe to it, I think is just so ingenious, right? This is our awards show. Now we've got one, right? There's a lot of things we don't have, but an awards show is not one of them. And as you as you touched on earlier, you can't buy quality. So... You know, no shade to anybody, not talking about anybody specific, but you're not seeing the biggest brands in cannabis go home, you know, with those classic pictures like uh, Coppola with 20 uh, Academy Awards <laughs> clutched in his arms. That's not who's winning these awards because mm -hmm. it is a blind judging and it is based on quality, not packaging, not market share, not your marketing budget. It's based on the beautiful flowers that you grew, the incredible concentrates that you made. And so it really does recognize a lot of people who are, as you say, struggling in this environment to compete. And it gives a way to distinguish yourself. And just like your phone is going to ring off the hook if you win an Academy Award, the winners of the Emerald Cup are going to get a lot more opportunity to get that dispensary shelf space and to be ordered by people for delivery you know like we said our sponsor for this episode mj delivery carries a lot of these emerald cup winners and now you can try them yourselves you can go to emeraldcup.com see the whole list of winners and decide for yourself if you really think that's the best cannabis in california imagine that at the oscars a person who made a movie in their backyard, but it's a really good movie, gets to enter their shit and actually be in competition, right, with these other places. Well, the Emerald Cup has personal grow categories, and I just think that's so beautiful because 
There is a woman who made topicals at home by herself, right? And the judges decided that her cannabis muscle rub was the best thing. She's not making it and selling it in stores. Maybe she will now. She wasn't at the time. She was just making it for the love, for the therapy. And it won her an Emerald Cup award. And shout out to Seed707, a lovely couple who came up to me and they were like, we won a uh, personal grow award. They handed me a jar of their weed and it felt so like from the heart, right? This wasn't from like a sack of, hey, this is just our, you know, from our 10,000 plants. They only have a few plants. They only have so much weed. They sent some of it into the Emerald Cup to be judged, right? And then they got nominated or perhaps won and showed up to the party and they saw me and they were like, we love your stuff. Here's a jar of our weed, right? And I rolled it up and smoked it right away. It's beautiful. It smells like like maybe some kind of Jack Cross, right? And I smoked the joint of it right there. And I was just like, I felt the love. You know what I mean? I felt the love. Maybe you could save a little nug of, of that course. jar for the next <laughs> you know time I we're will. able to. I know you will. We have been, we each have little, uh, little jars saved up for the times <laughs> that we get to hang out together, record together, blaze together. Uh, for mm-hmm. now, I'll have to have a little FOMO. I've still got lots of edibles in my edible kit. One of the things I wanted to talk about is how you can actually do this judging yourself, not to be judgmental, not to become that new archetype of the weed snob, that person whose whole, you know, vibe seems to be, "Mm, I don't know about this one. (laughs) That's not our vibe. Mm -hmm. You know, the more love you have for weed, the better, but the more you can really dial into these things. And it really comes down to these broad categories. How does it smell is huge. That's not only going to tell you if there's any problems, you know, anything you smell that doesn't smell good is not a good thing because all the good things in weed smell really good. Yeah. But also it's going to help you dial in and say, is this to my taste? Is something piney? really appeal to me to something with a citrus smell that all really gets into the terpenes. You can look up a lot more information on that online. Also, how does it look? Was it carefully handled or is it kind of crushed? Was it well trimmed? How does it affect me? You know, and when we get into things like edibles and concentrates, you really want to understand the process by which it was made. One thing I really learned through this judging process, and shout out to my whole judging team for edibles, we should definitely stress, these are big teams of people that work on this. It's not just one person's uh, opinion on who's the winner. I learned a lot about the different ways edibles are made. It could be made with distillate. It could be made with rosin. It could be made with literal nanotechnology that allows you to absorb the cannabinoids quicker and you'll get high quicker. I got I gotta certainly say that I enjoyed the products made with rosin a lot more than the ones made with distillate. So mm. you know there's a lot to learn and the more you learn the more you're gonna be able to access the cannabis that is right for you. And whether or not you have these options right now You're definitely going to have them in the future. And it's also just really fun. Thing I always have recommended to people going way back in the day is you can throw your own weed contest among your friends. Just invite a bunch of cool people over, 
have them each bring an eighth of weed, put them in jars with, uh, you know, mark them A, B, C, D, so mm-hmm. n- nobody is biased. And that is a really, really fun way to spend an evening. And, you know, it will only cost you the price of an eighth to participate. Yeah, absolutely. I love that idea. And, you know, that's how the Emerald Cup started as just like a small thing with a few farmers, right? A few people. And it has grown into this massive thing. So, you know, if you're out there in a state that has just legalized or just gotten medical or whatever, right? You could start this thing yourself, and it's a lot of fun, right, to throw a weed party. We know it. You know it. And so I did also want to mention I got to meet somebody pretty cool uh, backstage at the Emerald Cup. So I was on deck to present an award for Solvent Hash, right, which was the category that I was judging in. Uh, I had talked to Taylor, right, and, and she was like, would you be down to present an award? I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely, whatever. So I was like sitting up on the mezzanine and I was like, I haven't heard from anybody. I think I'm just going to go check it out. I like texted her and she was like, yeah, yeah, come back here. I went down there. Super chaotic, right? Everybody's like, it's like, oh, talking. Blah, blah, blah. I saw Roger from Puffco there. He was about to present the uh, Rosin Award. Uh, and, you know, just then I saw Todd McCormick. So Todd McCormick, who is an OG cannabis person, right? He was in my category for judging and I learned so much from that dude. He's really, really a smart guy. Uh, and, you know, I, it was just such a pleasure to judge with him. Todd was like, oh, have you met Woody? And I was like, get the fuck out of here, right? And obviously, you know, in your mind, you you start scrolling through Woody's. You're like, is it Woody Guthrie? Is it? <laughs> um, well, I don't, I don't really smoke that much hash, but it's, I, I just ended up here. And uh, no, yeah. wrong one. Not not that Woody. Mm -hmm, No. (laughs) Sure enough, I look over there, and standing there is motherfucking white men can't jump, true detective, Woody Harrelson, right? And he's just standing there chilling with his hands, like, sort of wide stance, hands clasped behind his back, as you would expect. He looked very, very high, right? And Todd was like, here, come here, I'll introduce you. And he was like, actually, Woody bailed me out of jail once back in the day. And I was like, that's... A fucking interesting anecdote, man. Holy shit. Uh, So he introduces me to Woody Harrelson. And I just spent a couple minutes. I didn't want to talk his ear off. I was a little bit like, you know, starstruck. Holy shit. Here's the, like, the probably the most public weed celebrity in the entire world right here, right? Except for maybe Willie Nelson. And he's standing there and he's just, I'm just like, hey, what's up? You know, like, we do weed stuff. I told him about Barring Appetit and Great Moments of Weed History. And I was just like, but thank you for being so public about your cannabis use because it's done a lot for the culture. And I really think it has to have like a Hollywood world famous celebrity being like, yeah, I smoke weed. I smoke weed and it's good and it's all good. Like that did so much for so many people. Yeah, I'm really hoping to get into this in a future episode. Shout out, Woody. I know you're listening. Um, (laughs) He put his heart on the line he put his freedom on the line you know there was an incident where he was arrested for planting hemp seeds as you say he is the one who bailed todd out of prison and 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 that was a very serious case he is somebody who is not just sort of a celebrity vamping about weed but somebody who has been at the heart of this culture if you listen back to our episode about 
the Seattle Hemp Fest. He was at the Seattle Hemp Fest. Man, he didn't need to be there. He -hmm. wasn't there trying to get famous. He wasn't there trying to get attention. He was lending his fame, his notoriety to this cause as he has to so many others. And even going way back in the day when we were trying to get people to say anything positive about weed in this movement, so many people who are very famous and very famous for loving weed. Ahem, Harrison Ford. I didn't know Harrison Ford was down like that. Dude, Harrison Ford was a weed dealer. It's what? documented. Please come on the show, Harrison. But, but my larger point is lots of famous people who love weed didn't take that step. Didn't want to be the nail that stuck up on this issue. And Woody Harrelson for decades has been that for us and he also has just opened a new cannabis store in west hollywood called the woods that is focusing on bringing small craft sun-grown cannabis to the market and creating an opportunity for these small farmers who we've been championing on this show since we started it a way to compete against these big mega grows so Woody, much, much, much admiration from us and hope to have you on our show sometime soon. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, we could definitely, uh, you know, fill an hour talking about the woods. I'm sure this is the first time hearing about it, but I'm definitely going to go check out that dispensary because that's awesome. And I want to support small farmers. I want to get into how we judged our categories a little bit. I mean, you know, so we're in very different categories. Now, Bean and I have done flower categories together, which is, you know, the most typical thing. But of course, concentrates, edibles have become much more diverse. There's a lot more to choose from. So things have changed. I'm really glad that you did edibles and I did hydrocarbon hash because we get to talk a little bit about some of the specifics here, right? So first of all, I'm sure there's people at home that cringe every time I call a solvent-derived cannabis concentrate hash. Technically, hash is only derived from press or ice water, right? But we're talking about solvent hash, right? And it uses butane mainly, and then of course a few other similar solvents, right? But basically that's the hydrocarbon that's primarily used to extract cannabis resin from live plants. We're only talking about live plants. Nobody's making cured resin anymore, I'm I'm pretty sure. A lot of people will say that rosin is the gold standard, right? Pressed hash. Now this is a more recent phenomenon. BHO has been around for quite a bit longer. Of course, check out our Psychedelic Surfers episode about the story of the beginning of dabs, right? But I feel like in the emergence of rosin, a lot of people have started shitting on hydrocarbon hash, right? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's disgusting. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Metaphorically shitting on it. Metaphorically I was like, shitting. I've heard of a lot of different solvents, but I have not heard of feces-derived concentrate. <laughs> oh god, that's a horrible image. But no, basically, a lot of people have been shitting on hydrocarbon hash, saying that. Rosin is where it's at, and this is just part of a trend that feeds into elitism and arrogance within the cannabis community. Saying this weed is better fundamentally than that weed. Oh, I won't smoke that. I won't touch that because it's not high enough quality for me. If you are a person in the world, right, who is only interested in getting the most expensive or rarest or sought after stuff and insulting everything else, 
I hate to say that you are missing the point of our culture, my friend. And some of you out there hearing this are personal friends of mine hearing this. You've heard me say this to you myself live and in person, but it's absolutely true is that the method, right, used to derive the hash doesn't matter as much as the finished product. And I got to say, in my kit, there was some really fantastic BHO, right? Sure, you can draw these lines in the sand, right? But if you are truly a person for the culture, you will look at each product for what it is. You will taste it. You will smell it. You will consume it. And you'll judge it on the content of its character <laughs> and not of its origin, right? And I, I strongly stand by that. And I think that there's a lot of snobbery and a lot of arrogance in the cannabis world. By the way, if anybody has the ability to be that snob, it's me and Bean in stock. We have incredible access, right? We have friendships with some of the greatest cultivators who hook us up with their stuff. And yet we're the ones sitting here saying, you got to respect all the cannabis. If love went into making it, it doesn't matter how it was made, right? If it's clean, it is clean. If it's tasty, it is tasty. If it's therapeutic and beneficial and delicious, it is all of those things enough with the line drawing. Yeah, I got to say it once again. When it comes to cannabis, the difference between some and none is vastly bigger than the difference between this and that. And we all need to remember that young stoner inside of us who was just grateful to have access to cannabis in any form. And that should be your guiding light in your relationship to this plant and to this community. On the edible side of things, I got to say, and I, and I wrote about this for Leafly in the past, trying to judge the flower, I had to tap out. Mm. There were so many varieties. It was a little bit overwhelming to try not smoking all the weed. I'm not bigging myself up, but I, I can smoke a lot of weed. Not a problem. Some <laughs> contest or no contest uh, compared to almost anyone not co-hosting this podcast. I smoke, a, <laughs> I smoke a lot of weed. Don't get me wrong. But to be that focused on the buds are, they're all buds. They're all beautiful. And I reached a point where I was literally like, I can't do this justice. Switching to edibles was the greatest because now I am literally looking one day at shrimp chips and the next at peanut butter cups, then at gummies, drinks. There's so many different forms of the edibles. They're very different from each other. People are doing incredibly innovative things in this category. And it, as somebody who loves food so much, it was just a pleasure to see what is going on in this category to taste all of these different edibles and to be able to weigh in and help people find what I think are just some of the really, really incredible products out there. The winner in the edibles contest was a cookie dough that you bake the cookies yourself at home. They're delicious. You know, again, if you are cooling them on a windowsill, you're going to have to watch out for <laughs> roving bands of weed hobos. Um, but, you know, my favorite were these shrimp chips. Just something that I remember having as a kid. To me, it was like a huge treat if we would go out for, you know, what we would call Chinese food, which was definitely not authentic Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> 
and we would get these shrimp chips. That was like a huge deal for me as a kid. And so to come back and have, this is from a company called Potley that really does some of the highest end edibles out there. And they made these shrimp chips. They were so crispy, so delicious. They were just 10 milligrams for the whole bag. So you could really chow down on them. Another one of my favorites was these uh, lemon cakes from a company called Mamma Mia. The guy is a Michelin star chef from Italy. This is like an old family recipe, these delicious cakes. I mean, just something so cool and elevated. If my mom got high, it is definitely the edible I would give her. My mom is <laughs> Italian. Um, and, and you know, as we talked a lot about on Bong Appetit when we worked on that show together, food is a way to expand this culture. And these edibles are a way to bring more people in who maybe don't know how much they're going to love weed and who have been uh, led astray by propaganda about weed and weed smokers. And an edible just seems so disarming to them. Um, and one more shout out was the Oasis peanut butter cups. Unbelievably good. The best candy peanut butter I've ever had anywhere, never mind in an edible. I don't know anything about this company, but I went on their website to try to learn more. And the first thing you see is a big thing that says, fuck corporate cannabis. So we got to be <laughs> friends. Uh, yeah. let's, let's, let's find out more about them. Absolutely. And yeah, so I want to break down the terpene profiles thing because, man, they really changed the game on how we judge. Uh, also, appropriately, I forgot to finish my story about the whole backstage experience. Uh, I say appropriately because everybody forgot to get me uh, when it was time to present that award. <laughs> so I basically was just hanging out back there and turning around. Oh, hey, what's up? And I went and I was like, oh, wait, am I presenting an award? And they were like, oh, uh, somebody already <laughs> did yours. <laughs> And I didn't end up doing mine, but I got to chill backstage a little bit. And she was like, I'm so sorry. Can I offer you a bag of edibles? And I was like, I honestly am trying to get through a giant sack of them at home. Save them for somebody else. And that was that was the end of my night there. We rolled out. But I'm just stoked I got to meet uh, Woody Harrelson. But yeah, so they gave us some really, really dialed in information this year, right? And shout out to SC Labs. In the middle of this Cannabis Awards show, the guys from SD Labs, who seemed like they had just walked out of a fucking computer lab like two seconds earlier, right? Pulled up PowerPoint presentations, right? With like a pie chart showing like which terpene profiles are, you know, the most dominant or whatever, right? And Allie was like, this cannot be interesting to anybody here. A fucking PowerPoint? But this was the most riveting part of the entire thing because everybody in there was like, Terps, Terp talk, like, let's talk about Terps, you know what I mean? So even though it was this kind of dry scientific presentation in the middle of the awards show, it was kind of a highlight of the whole thing. And so this year, of course, SC Labs broke it down. They gave us these very handy cards and all of the hash was color-coded, right? As you can see there, that one's... That well, one you can it. see it if you are a supporter on Patreon. And yeah, you went that's to great right. Moments in WeedHistory.com and threw just $1 in. It's true. You would be looking at this jar of... Uh, that looks like it's a tropical and floral right there. Perhaps that's the Jacks and Hayes right there. 
looks a little bit more red. But essentially, this was very, very helpful, not only in judging, but just in educating myself about what's out there. So it turns out that the massive majority of the hash available out there, right, is dessert stuff, right? So it's like there is a lot of gelato, pound cake, you know, birthday cake, whatever, uh, you know, all of these different strains that you've probably seen in the dispensary. Those are all included in that category. There is a ton of Jackson Hayes. Shout out Jack Hare for, you know, just achieving a terpene profile that has just had such legs, you know what I mean? And, and here we are decades later. Uh, of course, check out our episode about Jack Hare if you have not. Uh, to hear a little bit more about his history, but his strain lives on. I mean, he is the only name name on this list right here. It says Jax, right? That's the name of that type of strain, which is amazing. And of course, we've got the tropical and floral, a little less popular than it used to be in the whole tangy craze of a few years ago. OGs and gas, which are just a perennial favorite, right? For me and for many, many others. Sweets and dreams. So you've got your, you know, Blue Dreams, you've got your sweeter terpene profiles, right? Uh, and then you've got your desserts, right? Which we were just talking about. And then exotics, but exotics not in the broad sense of like, oh, exotic weed as a way to charge $70 an eighth, right? Because it's really, really good. Exotic meaning it doesn't fit into any of these other categories. It is truly different, right? And in that, you know, we had 50 jars of hash, I believe maybe 49 jars of hash, each of them labeled with one of these stickers and the branding was removed from them completely. Uh, I heard that, you know, Taylor again did this personally and <laughs> went through and ripped off all the labels. Uh, it must have been an, an immense task. But so, you know, Todd pointed this out in one of our weekly Zoom meetings during judging, right? He was like, this is the best breakdown that any of us has ever seen when it comes to the categories of terpene profiles that we're actually judging, right? Because you can then weigh them against each other. You could say, oh, is this a better jack pole or is this a better jack pole, right? And through that, I feel like forever now, when I taste cannabis concentrate or cannabis flower that falls into one of these categories, I'm gonna know it. And I'm gonna understand something about not just the cannabis I'm consuming, but all of the cannabis in this entire community. Isn't that fucking awesome? That is incredible, you know, and it really speaks to the work that has been done by cannabis breeders, not just over the last 10 years since legalization started to take hold, and not just over the last 40 years of sort of modern cannabis, but going back thousands of years to these traditional cultivation cultures who were making concentrates, who were selecting for desired traits in the plant. All of these terpenes are essentially the essential oils of the plant. These are natural parts of the plant, but by selecting a plant that smells more lemony, you can enhance the amount of lemonine, this terpene in the plant, until you get something that's just bursting like a fresh lemon that you just sliced into. This is the sort of place where botany and the love of weed meet and it is incredible to live in this era when we have so much diversity of cannabis so much diversity of cannabis people such a strong culture it all really comes together at the emerald cup we are again 
completely honored to have been a part of the process. We invite you to go to emeraldcup.com. The list of winners for this year is up. It is long. (laughs) It is extensive. (laughs) It is exhaustive. It is the result of the work of not just, as we keep shouting out, Tim and Taylor Blake and their whole team, but all the people who made this massive effort to be judges, go find it for yourself. Try it for yourself. Go to our sponsor for this episode, MJ Delivery, and you can access a lot of this award-winning cannabis right now and have it delivered right to your home. You can use the promo code GREATMOMENTS for that big discount we told you about earlier in the episode. And we can only hope that next year we will be back judging cannabis again at the Emerald Cup and that I will not be missing out on the incredible awards ceremony. Yeah, now we are going to be there together next year. Puffin Top, you were definitely missed this year. A lot of friends were like, where's Bean? Where's Bean? And I was like, Bean's up north. Circumstances have prevented him from being here. But you were there in spirit along with me. And it was a good time, man. It just I'm just so glad that this is where we are. When I was 16 and, you know, scraping resin out of a bowl in northern New Jersey, I never expected that this would be my life. And I'm just so fucking thankful. So thankful. And, you know, we could talk more about this. There's just a billion other, like, you know, mini stories that come from judging the Emerald Cup. But uh, we should probably wrap it up. Uh, and we highly encourage you to go look up the winners, see what the best cannabis is out there, and order yourself some award-winning cannabis through our friends at MJ. That's E-M-J-A-Y. All right, that is it for this episode. We hope you've enjoyed our recounting of our judging experience at the Emerald Cup, and we'll see you next time. We'll see you next weed on Weedness Day. (laughs) Still going. (laughs) Never stop. Well, that's the show, folks. Thanks so much for listening. And if you stuck around this long, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can put five on it at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. And that would really help us as we research, write, edit, and publish a new episode every Weedness Day. Great Moments in Weed History is written, produced, and performed by me, David Beanstock, a.k.a. Bean. Special thanks to our sponsor, PAX. Go to PAX.com and use promo code GREATMOMENTS, all one word, for a big discount at checkout.